So, Keelan, did you see the new Marvel Slate Phase 5 and 6? It looks like there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out of it. No, that. too much stuff, to be honest. I think I think we've I think we've switched from doing quality to quantity, quantity. Yeah. with Marvel nowadays. I think there's like there's a new movie that has to come out every single like I think it's almost like once a month or every two months now. That yeah. there's, there's some new Marvel IP coming out. Um, yeah, I think I mean, they're, they're just cool. trying to catch up with you know Disney Plus subscriptions because you you know if you do have a subscription, they've got nothing else new. You do have to produce a lot of TV series and movies to, uh, to keep to keep everyone watching, right? Yeah, yeah especially yeah, but nowadays. I think, I think the problem now is people getting burnt out. The burnout is real because it's just so much. Nobody knows what the heck is going on. And like I said, when they uh, they put up that graphic on what's coming up in the next couple of years, there's so much stuff. I think I'm just going to have to wait and see what comes out. Wait for the reviews and then see if it's actually worth watching if it is watching then worth watching then i'll go spend my time on it i actually just looked it up um so this is from we got this the article asks how much is marvel worth and it says here in 2021 they are worth around 53 billion dollars that's 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 a lot of money it's a lot of it's a lot of billions <laughs> that's a lot of billions yeah, yeah i can do i mean this can fit in our section that's 53 billion dollars do you think that they could give me like one fifty-third of that money and I could just... You could just create your own superhero and then ask them to trademark it. Mm. And that should be enough. Or just sell off in a, a new new superhero. Yeah, okay. I mean, how hard can it be? Your superpower could be selling houses. That just that just sounds like a real estate agent with a cape. Yeah, you could. <laughs> that sounds like, a like somebody's um, marketing yeah. technique is just... Your I'm cape a superhero. has a big logo of a house. That sounds like a... Horrible superhero. Well, what are people going to call you? Houseman. Houseman. <laughs> Houseman. That'll be it. Uh, <sighs> anyway, there's something we're interested in. Um, so, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Keeping Your House Warm, where we, we talk about banter, we talk about random things. Uh, particularly Hopefully trying to keep it in the house, the region of property, especially yeah, yeah, in Auckland. Yeah, you know? yeah, in New Zealand's um, property market um, mm. and finance world as well. Um, just, to, just to throw things in your faces, you know. Keep you in touch with what's going on in the world, mm. um, what gets affected here, and um, you know, just letting you know really what's going on with property. What, what you know, so you can make your informed decisions about what you decide yeah. to do. Yeah, we just try and talk about updates and some pretty cool, pretty quirky um, news articles about yeah the property world. Um, speaking of property and finance, I actually got an email from the IID, the Inland Revenue Department of New Zealand. So they are paying. People, actually. It's called the uh, cost of living payment. Um, there's a bit of a criteria. It says you need to have earned $70,000 or less in the periods of April 1st, 2021 to 31st of March, 2022. And the other thing is you have to be 18 or older. Um, also, you have to be a New Zealand tax resident or you're not in prison or dead. So if you fall within one of those categories, you, you'll expect to see some money soon. Yes, yes. So I actually already got the first payment of $116. So they're trying to, um, I guess, cover the, the, the rise in inflation and give you some more money. But my question is, where's this money coming from? I would not say because, I mean, at the moment, we're already, like, the government's already in quite a big hole from COVID. Yes. So I'm, not, I'm not complaining. It does help. You know, that's my weekly grocery for me, me yeah, my yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, yeah, the big question is, is where is this money coming from and uh, who's going to feel the burn mm. eventually? Because, I mean, you know, the COVID payments, which we live, uh, quite a number of people lived on for about six, eight months. Yeah. You know, that's all now starting to be felt back. 
trying to be recovered, you know, after the country put itself into quite a lot of debt. So, you know, this extra $350 times most of the population of New Zealand, uh, yeah, who's going to end up paying for that? Where's it coming from? Well, us. Yeah, taxpayers. Us. Taxpayers, right back into uh, their pockets um, to repay all this. But at the same time, $116 or 350 over three months. That's quite good. It's it's not bad, right? Um, the other thing I would I'd probably ask is is why now? Why not before? Yeah, why not before? Why not sooner? Because I mean, the other thing is that elections are coming up next year. Yeah, it's starting. You're trying. That's starting to buy us back. Yep. So I mean, if if your labor labor at the moment has to pay three hundred and fifty bucks to get your vote, I mean, that's a pretty cheap spend on their parts, right? Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, if so, they, if they really want me to trust them again. Give me more money, baby. You know my house. We're also not trying to be political here, guys. Uh, just to be, <laughs> just to keep things clear, we're trying not to be political. But yeah, my, you know, I always got to ask these things: is, is why now? You know, why wasn't it before? Why is this not being done sooner? Or you know, why have we not? Well, I, th- I think mainly you did answer it just then because the election year is coming up. Yeah, so they're most likely looking at trying to sweeten the deal for a lot of people, right? But yeah, so three hundred and fifty bucks to essentially win your vote come election time. Is I that expect, yeah, I do expect a bit more, but um, anyway, let's again, see, try not to be political. It, let's so. find out how much it costs to get Anthony's vote nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, a house. If we're going back to cars, buy me a Tesla. Yeah, yeah, buy me a Tesla. That's the easiest way. But yeah, so free money, um, free money from the government. Um, One hundred sixteen dollars for the next three months. Pretty good. Pretty good. Good to add to the pocket. Um, anyway, so moving on to actually something that we talked about last week, uh, where. Yeah, it was about the students who were struggling, who were struggling and putting themselves in the, the, the poverty label um, because they found it was the rise in living costs and everything else was financially hard for them. Stuff, though, have come up with this article where they interviewed a an Aucklander. She has a TikTok account. She has about uh, 15,000 followers and her her content. She puts out how to take care of yourself with food inflation. So she does like how to buy groceries on a budget, how to live on a budget, basically. Um, and she is sort of just straight out of uni. So she does understand that world. Um, and I think she would relate to a lot of these uh, students who are struggling at the moment. And she did confirm that even out of uni, her food budget has gone up. Yep. She, she didn't beat around the bush on that mm. one. She's been quite honest. You know, her budget has gone up as her lifestyle has changed, mm. but she still lives quite cheaply within her own means, right? Yep. And that's probably another thing is that some people, quite a lot of people don't actually consider it. It's called lifestyle creep. Um, so as your income goes up or as your situation improves, you start to spend more money because you have more availability, right? So, you know, say you started off in your first job, you're probably getting paid 40, 50K a year. Uh, and that's just to cover, you know, that will just cover all your expenses at the time. You live quite, quite cheaply. You wouldn't be going out, going on fancy dinners and stuff like that. But as you start to move up in the world and you start getting paid more, you tend to start spending more as well. And that, so, you know, that same amount of money, that $100, say that you spend a week on shopping, you start to feel that that's not enough anymore. So you spend more. And because you've got more money now, you can afford to do that. I think a lot of um, new students these days have had that lifestyle creep from the get-go because they are more independent. Let's say they find a a part-time job, like my brother, for example. He probably won't hear this anyway, but I'm going to call him out right now. He (laughs) saves to spend. He finds something that he really wants to buy, like a new iPhone, 
and he saves all his money to buy that. And then he starts all over again until he needs to buy something else. Right. So it is that freedom and it's, I guess, turning into something that's uncontrollable because mm. they do have that money now. And essentially, if they aren't taught at, at a young age on how to save your money and where that can go in the future, yeah, it, it can creep up. It can creep up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you know, I see a lot of people coming coming in to us now and they're like, oh, I've got, I can't seem to save. I've got these wild spendings. Or, you know, I, I don't, for how much I'm getting paid, I'm only able to save $100 a week. You know, and question number one is, is well, where is the money going? You have to ask yourself that. It's like, oh, well, I'm going out for drinks every Friday or I'm going out and I'm doing something every weekend now. And I was like, great. So what were you doing about 12, 13 months ago when you were in your last job or yeah. previous position? It's like, oh, I maybe go out once a month. And it's like, ah. Yes, going out's a big one. Going out is a big one. Because, I mean, routinely, if I go out, I tend to spend about, I would say realistically, about $100 every time I go out between food, drinks, travel. You know, that adds up. And you're doing that every week for a month. You know, that's $400. Yeah. Down the drain. You, is that you and your partner, though? Yeah, uh, mixed between myself and then me and my partner, mostly with my partner. But, you know, that, for example, that's lifestyle creep yeah. because as I've started to earn more money, my income or my expenses have started to go up because I'm getting more comfortable with my extra money, right? I should be saving it or I should be putting it away somewhere more secure, but I'm not. I'm spending it and then I never see it again. Yeah, and these things do happen to a lot of us. And it's good that if you if you do notice it now, you know, be smart about it. And you can change uh, tactics. And there, there, you know, there's no one good answer. There's always a solution to things. Yeah. Um, so if you do, if you are straight out of uni or um, are struggling financially with with groceries, I mean, if you have TikTok, you know, check her out. Her name's <laughs> Emma Weber. Um, Emma Weber films actually on TikTok. So she, yes, yeah, she, she does a lot of like pretty cool on budget meal preps. It's it's really good for an adult to be able to feed themselves for seventy dollars a week. That's great. It's very good. And it doesn't look like her meals are just, you know, cheap meals. They're not like just instant noodles all the time and stuff like that. It is healthy. Um, you know, she won't, doesn't look like she eats out. She gets crappy foods like that. He, she eats quite healthy, quite clean. Um, yeah. But what she does is that she makes in bulk and then uses that to feed herself. Yes. Yes. So uh, my household, we often freeze mm. food. Mm -hmm. So um, the most expensive um, food item at the moment I'm finding are meats. Yep. So we... We've cut off a lot of meat yep. as well. So again, it, it really depends on your lifestyle. Hmm. Um, but if you are struggling financially, then things have to change. Yeah, um, It's unfortunate, but it's what you need to do to survive, right? You need to do what you need to do to keep on living. Yep. And I mean, in my case, we, we whenever we're out getting stuff for dinner, say we wanted to make a curry that night, but we see that chicken is on special today. We'll go and buy a bunch of that on bulk, stick it in the freezer, and then pull it out the next time we want chicken. Yeah. Because you get it discounted now, but you use it later when you need it. And so it doesn't go to waste, right? Yeah, that's good. Anyway, check her out. Um, moving on, Keelan. Travel news. Travel news. Travel news. Um, so from the 31st of July, which was for us right now while we're recording. Two days three, ago? Three days ago. Oh, three? Yeah, it's the second at the moment. Oh, <laughs> so border expectations have been phased out of New Zealand. So you, mm. anyone can come in. Um, I guess you'd still need to have a have a negative COVID test. I'm sure that's never going to go away, to be honest, is that the government's always going to want some kind of proof that you're not you don't have aggravating the problem here in New Zealand yep. and bringing in more COVID, right? Yep. Yep, people. But in any case, everyone is welcome. So yep. please come over. Please come on over. Come on in. Come on, support our economy. Yeah. Somehow we found that um, uh, people from Belgium are listening to this. I'm not sure why. I think they find us funny. Who knows? But <laughs> 
if you'd like to visit, come over. We're probably getting called uh, idiots over there or something like that. You know, yeah, who like, are these well, people? Why are they talking like this? Well, what's going on in this country over there? Yeah, they're doing yeah. the stupid things. Um, but yeah, so borders are open. So we hopefully we'll start to see a few more tourists flooding into the country. Should start to see tourism start to. I think it already has started because, you know, ski season. Ski season. Yep, definitely. Um, I do remember hearing that there is still quite a lot of issues for farmers out there not being able to find um, seasonal workers. Yes. So they are getting quite desperate over there. So if there is any overseas seasonal workers, you can get your work visa sorted uh, very quickly. New Zealand is desperate for you. Um, There are a lot of um, farms and uh, orchards that are desperate for workers. Um, I know like the wineries, for example, aren't really needing very much staff because they're during the winter season where it's a lot colder and so they don't have as much but uh zespri uh all the kiwi growing kiwi fruit plantations they're all still desperate for people because they need all their fruits back before they go out of season right otherwise they've just wasted millions of dollars (laughs) to pay somebody but another news i guess with moving uh into travel a couple basically uh brought over some mcmuffins you know from overseas how much are mcmuffins i think they're like what six bucks six seventy here you wouldn't think they're like three thousand dollars would you no i wouldn't think it cost you three thousand dollars for a mcmuffin and that's what nearly happened for this couple so they flew in from argentina from bali Bali. yeah they flew in from bali sorry and they didn't realize that they actually had them in their bag basically forgot to disclose them and the dog sniffed it out and the dog sniffed it out and next thing dog you know, ran them out. dogs, security dogs. I mean, it's what they're for, right? But two egg and sausage McMuffins. Um, and hotcakes. And hotcakes were discovered by a detected dog at Darwin Airport in Australia. So they got fined $2,664 or just under 3000 New Zealand because they brought it in and they didn't disclose. Yeah. And I think it always brings it back to the point of, you know, what gets said on the airplanes, what gets said when you first arrive in the terminal. And it's, if you don't know, disclose. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. just tell them. Just be honest. Otherwise, you know, two things from McDonald's or three things from McDonald's is end up going to cost you nearly $3,000. It's insane. Yeah, Australia is still quite strict um, on whatever you bring in. Yeah, biosecurity is still a big thing for Australia. Yeah. Um, and it's the same for any country. New Zealand's the same, you know. They hit it hard and they hit it fast because we've got a lot of native plants and birds and animals you know that that can't deal with foreign pests yeah um and i guess another big point to this as well is that uh, bali seems to be going through um a big wave at the moment of foot and mouth disease so you know bringing in food like this that could potentially have it will then pass it on to everyone else here in in australia sorry so you know it's one of these things here where you just have to you have to be aggressive you have to be aggressive otherwise next thing you know you've got foot and mouth disease running rampant through the country. Yeah. It just reminds me of um, there are some TV shows about oh, like, biosecurity. Like Australian like border, border security. Border security, yes. those shows. Oh, man. The amount of times people actually get caught out by trying to bring in, you know, dried mushrooms or just the illegal things. Just the obviously illegal things. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, how do you not read the rules before entering a country? I think for some people, they, they do just hope that they'll get lucky and it won't get picked up. I think they do. Oh, the, some the ones they showcase on the show, though, it's, it's ridiculous. Some countries are actually very relaxed, though. Australia and New Zealand are not one of those, though. Some countries have very relaxed border security, um, whereas countries like Australia and New Zealand have it as like a very high priority. So things that get through are very rare. 
I would yeah. say, or rarer compared yeah. to those countries. Um, so it does have this, its pros and cons because, we again, we don't want to bring in, like, you know, these bugs and... All these nasty things that could come in here and just ruin all of our native yeah. birds and animals. It does suck for me because, I, you know, I grew up in the Philippines a little bit. I do miss my Philippine fruits. You but... just, you're going to have to scoff them all down before you get on the plane. And just standing there inside the terminal, just shoving fruits and stuff into your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, I think what we should do, though, Anthony, is we should probably actually get into some actual property news here. Oh, I think it's about time we talk about houses. Yeah, I think it's about time we yeah. actually talk about some houses. Um, for a why don't we? Hey, that's a lot of millions. That is a lot this of millions. This is a proper one. This not, is a proper one. Not the Marvel guys. one. No, 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 no. No. No, so what is this one, Keelan? It's uh, something from Freeman's Bay. Yeah, so we've got 28 Picton Street in Freeman's Bay. Um, now, from the front, it kind of looks like any standard... Bungalow. It's like an old single, 1900s house. Yeah, very standard. It looks very normal. It doesn't look like anything out there would be out of the normal. It looks like it'd be quite a nice house from the outside. It looks, you know, very well maintained. Nice white facade. Um, really original doors. All looks brilliant. And then you look at the photos from behind the house, and it is in a completely different story. So what it is, is it's actually a 1,300 square meter section where the front of the house is, you know, perfectly normal, but then you go behind, and there's another two levels right below it. Yeah, so it sits on a bit of a hill. That's why they can hide the extra story. They can behind. hide the rest of the house, yeah. So in total, it's about 300 square meters of floor area across three levels so each floor is 100 square meters oh. um, and this is just one five bedroom house so you know it's a massive massive space to work with the property itself it's a rectangular size and it does extend quite a bit on the back like you said it is 1300 square meters yep so it goes it's down huge. quite a while uh, and the house is very well taken care of in the inside it looks very modern um yeah, plenty of space here. Mm, you're yeah. very lucky to run into anybody else who yeah. lives here. So the RV is around 5.2 mil. That's where a lot of millions comes in. But like you said, you can't really tell unless you actually go into the house. You can't tell. If somebody just sent you a photo of this from the street, you'd go, why the hell is this worth 5.2 million? Uh, and then you look at the actual listing and you go, oh, Actually, yep, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The last change of owners was in 2019, and that was around 3.15 million. So that's a huge increase from 3.15 to 5.2 mil. Yeah, and that's all just over the space of two years, right? And I think it's very justified in a house like this, especially considering you can make it look like you've got quite a simple house, and then you just have this massive surprise another two floors down. Um, yeah, trying to live humbly. Except. Yeah, trying to live humbly, but you actually live like a king. Yeah. Um, this thing... Actually, yeah, I have a story about that. I have a friend who drives like a, a really old Corolla and, you know, wears the same sort of clothes week by week, just wears jumpers and normal clothes. Yeah. And then they invite me over to their house. It turns out to be a two-story um, lifestyle block <laughs> in the middle of um, Bethel's Beach and you have a massive, like, incredible view. I'm like, where have you been holding out? See, I think it, I think it just brings it back to you can't just judge a book by its cover. Eh? Exactly. You know, can't I can't judge these these investors here who turn up in like casual clothes, yeah. and everything like that, because they're secretly loaded. Um, so maybe that's the secret. You know, you make friends with the people who dress poor. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that sounds terrible. It does. It does. We're but, not using those people. It's, it's a good friend of mine, but please still be my friend after this. Yeah, please still be his friend. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess if there's anybody out there who's looking for a bit of privacy, not looking for some 
big showy home, but who is also looking at spending around $5 million on their next property, this could be the one for you out in Freeman's Bay. Yes, uh, it's for sale. Yeah, it's still, still for sale by auction. So we'll keep an eye out for it and see how it goes. Um, but yeah, check out 28 Picton Street in Freeman's Bay. Freeman's Bay already is uh, pretty rich. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, this home has tons of rooms to offer, lots of sun, amazing view. You couldn't yeah. ask for more, I would say. Mm. Well, you can see that um, the aerial view itself, the neighboring properties, they have already developed it in a way where there's like two or three other dwellings mm. on their ones, but this is the only one left sort of from this aerial view anyway. This is the only one left that is a single house. Mm, that's just on its own. So there is a lot of potential. Any, if you if you are a billionaire or something like that, you can add some more things into it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, give us a call and see if we can uh, get in on the deal with you. And, uh, you know, just a small cut just as you find this fee. Give me a little room. I'll be fine. Yeah, give me one bedroom. Yeah. Very cheap rate. Speaking um, of houses for sale, Keelan, what's happened to the Bitcoin house? Uh, so this Bitcoin house, um, I mean, as nice as it's been for the idea that, you know, Oh, I could get rid of my Bitcoins and go buy a house. Um, it still apparently hasn't attracted enough interest. So as much as it's been, uh, you know, really interesting article being that they were like, oh, yeah, cool, we'll accept Bitcoin. You know, Bitcoin's doing pretty, you know, it's staying at around this, this 30K mark at the moment, which is low for it historically, but it is still a pretty fair price. They've been open to taking Bitcoins and other cryptocurrencies and cash. They're open to basically anything at this point. But it still hasn't sold, <laughs> oh. which I think brings it back to the location of the property and the quality of the property. Because as nice as it is, you know, being open to lots of different payment methods, it's still a relatively small house in Mangaree. So it isn't, you know, it isn't a super attractive home to a lot of investors or maybe even first time buyers. Um, so that's something else here that's probably caused us to get dragged out a little bit longer. So the auction has been pushed back now to the middle of September, I believe, 19th of September. Oh, that's, that's like a month and a half away. Yeah, they really had to push it back, um, unfortunately, on this one. So I think they just didn't have any interest. So buy your Bitcoin now while it's cheap and hope by, by September, September it goes up. It goes up. Yeah. And there you go, you cash out and there you go, you can go buy yourself a house with Bitcoin. Mm. Um, but yeah, so unfortunately, it looks like, you know, it, as much as you can be open to accepting all different payment types, location is still a big factor you need to consider in. Because um, yep. nowadays, people can't be more selective with what type of properties they take on. Well, if nothing else comes out of it, it was actually a pretty good uh, marketing campaign for the house sale anyway. You know, it, it got it turned a few heads. Yeah, but, definitely. You know, never before has any house been up for Bitcoin. Yep. So, yeah. But even being open to Bitcoin uh, apparently doesn't seem to attract much no, interest. <laughs> no. Well, I think unfortunately Bitcoin did drop. So that's part of it as well. Yeah, part of it as yeah. well. Yeah. So that leads uh, leads us into our next one, Keelan. Yep. You want to talk about fire sales? Yeah, fire sale. Fire sale. Still required. asking for prices to slash because, again, not a lot of buyers. Not a lot of buyers out there at the moment. Uh, a lot of people in the market at the moment are currently holding back, waiting on a multitude of things from cost of living to go down, for servicing test rates to come down. People are also waiting for the fact of interest rates to come down. But with all that waiting has also come the good side is that houses are getting slashed in prices. So It sounds like they're getting way more desperate now. 
I, I would say most of the push is actually probably coming from otherwise the agents or those flippers that are stuck yes. with these properties because they need to sell now before it drops lower, right? Because that's their entire model is that they buy cheap and sell high. But if you've got this time frame and you're now forced to sell when it's low, you need to get out sooner rather than later. You just need to cut your losses and just get out, right? Uh, it could also be the agents themselves because if originally back in about August, September last year, I think the average listing was probably only up for 30, 20 days at the most. But nowadays we're starting to look into a four to eight week process. Wow. Like, so it's starting to actually stretch out quite a lot longer to actually selling a property, right? So the worry is, as I would say a lot from the agents, is that if they're not turning over a lot of properties now, their income isn't a lot because they're not getting their commission cuts as often because most uh, real estate agents will be on commission. So they won't have any base salary to live off. And there are actually a lot more agents now than before. Correct. Yeah, so, they all came with the uh, the housing boom over COVID. Yeah, and, they yeah. all came over. They, all, they were all really selling quite hard. And they were selling lots of properties, changing hands very quickly. So agents were making a lot of money. But nowadays, because it's all slowed down, right, is they're not having that continuous stream of income. Yeah. And they have to start fighting a little bit more. So as a result of that, the agents, the agents are most likely pushing down the sellers if they aren't a trader to start offering lower and lower prices, right? And I guess another part that comes in hand with that is the price expectations. Oh, yeah. Last year, for example, the price expectations were, you know, much higher because that was the market. It was a lot hotter. But nowadays, as it's all started to cool down a little bit, people aren't as interested. There's more listings up there. So it's like, if your house doesn't suit my needs, there's another house down the street that will. Yeah, they were starting to compete with each other and who, who has the better deal or who, <laughs> which house looks better. Well, yeah, which house simply looks better, right? So then uh, the problem is, is that people have to start incentivizing you to buy. And the best way to do it is to chop your price, right? And so the agents are all getting ready to chop their prices. Um, so houses are going off for lower prices, obviously. But then if people still can't afford it because of the mortgage uh, testing, then unfortunately the house will have to keep dropping. So yeah. for example, most of these houses seem to be dropping off like 100K every two weeks seems to be dropping off the longer it sits on the market until it finds a nice comfortable price point where someone's willing to buy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you are a first-time buyer, you're probably going to find it's going to be a lot easier to get a cheap house nowadays, whereas compared to last year, you'd probably find that you couldn't get the right amount from the banks because the price was too high, but your lending wasn't strong enough. And nowadays, as your lending is probably still there, but the house still needs to come down in value. Mm. So it looks like some agents out there are starting to get more creative with their advertising campaigns to help really sell. Um, and I think uh, David Ding here, which is from Harcourts and Glenfield, has mentioned, you know, the, the first three to four weeks is usually the golden period, right? If your house runs out longer than three to four weeks, then you need to do something to really incentivize it to sell quick. Because the longer it sits on the market, the more people are going to go, what's wrong with this house? And you don't want people to be thinking that there's something wrong with your house because otherwise nobody's going to buy it. You'll never sell. You'll be stuck with it and you'll be in trouble. And uh, yet next thing you know, you have a mortgage that you can't afford, for example, for those traders because uh, they get asked to reclaim the money back quite quickly. So yeah, so you know, you probably start to see that the longer a listing stays up, the cheaper and cheaper the house will get. 
Yeah, well, actually one good example, my sister actually sent me this um, house listing. It's by negotiation. Um, it's 27 Cleary Road in Pamuel. Mm. And it's, yeah, like I said, by negotiation. Um, it is a five bedroom, three bathroom and two garage space big. Wow. And I looked on homes.co.nz and that's the website where you can type in any address and it'll show you how much it's, it's valued yep. and the surrounding houses. Yep. And um, it looks like the surrounding houses are at least 1.4 mil. Lovely. Nice. Yeah. And the ones next to it are around 800K. So you do have a big, uh, big average in between. Yep. And I reckon this house would be around 1.4 million. But, you know, it is, it's, it's been up for a while and it's five bedrooms, three baths for only 1.4. That seems way too cheap for me. Nowadays, it's probably quite fairly priced. If, if it not, it goes for a little bit less. But, you know, if you looked at that same property last year, then yeah, 1.4 would have been like, oh yeah. my God, it's such a steal. Um, I guess another thing to consider is that this house is the front unit of the entire strip. So it would be the most noisiest because you'd have all the cars going past you. So it's actually the least um, sought after out of the block being the front because you do have the most traffic that needs to drive past you. And say any one of those three behind you has a, a noisy car, has a loud exhaust, or just oh, likes dear. to play his music, that's it. It's going to drive you nuts. But if you're at the back, nobody has to drive past you. So you're going to have a nice, quiet experience. So these ones here at the front tend to go for cheaper because they aren't as sought after. But if you can deal with that and you don't really care, it's, it's oh, five it's bedrooms. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's five bedrooms. You could fit in you know, your whole family plus the dog you know, yeah. and fit into the space. But yeah, so nowadays, you know, houses that sit up here for these really long periods of time make people start to wonder what is wrong with this house. Yeah, well, it was listed at 10th of June. And it's still sitting And it's still going. Side. Yep. And it looks like they've still got open homes going and it just hasn't gone to sale. So, you know, for sale by negotiation nowadays, if it's already been to auction once, just means that they didn't get the bidding price. So, I mean, that also does give you room as the buyer to negotiate a little bit harder yep. because whoever is on the other end of this and selling it really wants their money. They really need to get their money's worth for the property. So leverage that, you know, be like, hey, look, you didn't get what you needed at auction. So let's work out a better deal. Let's go cheaper. Take it or you're never going to sell this house. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so that's the deal. No one's buying. Well, not no one, but not a lot of people are wanting to buy right now, which, is, which see, is fair. They want to wait and see where things go, right? Yeah. People want to wait and see. They want to see what the market's going to do in the next couple of months because they don't feel like they've been robbed or they've been shortchanged. We're still trying to write out what's happening right now. Anyway, so instead of speaking of writing, great segue there, Anthony. Um, so potholes, potholes on New Zealand roads. There are a lot more than before. Yes. Not sure whether that's because of the age of the roads or you know the recent storms we've had, but AA is saying that it's becoming more of a safety issue than anything. Mm. For example, tire replacement, or if you hit a pothole that you don't see at speed, that can ruin your, your suspension. Oh, yes. It's a lot of money. Yeah. I think I had to go get a new set of tires for my car. And, you know, it cost me $750 for, for the four, all four, because yeah. they're all bald. But, you know, for example, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm from Australia and I'm, even then I'm from an island, right? Potholes are a dime a dozen there. Nobody fixes potholes for anything. So you just get used to the fact of your car shaking every, you know, 10 seconds as you drive down the road. But for New Zealanders being, you know, we are a first world country, uh, getting hitting a pothole is something you really don't expect to be doing. Yeah, on main roads. Yeah, and it's considering most of the cars nowadays are not really made for 
anything other than a flat road. Mm. You know, the suspension usually isn't as great for that kind of stuff. Yeah, one full pothole can take out your whole axle and take out a tire with it. Well, so, again, also a safety issue because, yeah, if you, if you do hit one at speed and then all of a sudden you hit someone else, it's so risky to lose control. One other thing, too, if we're bringing it back to, to cars, imagine having an EV car and hitting a pothole, then all of a sudden your battery falls out, so you have to buy a whole new battery. And batteries aren't cheap to, to replace. There's one thing um, some people just haven't considered with electric cars is that when you have to go replace your car's battery, uh, a, a petrol-powered car, you know, it's it's not just maybe 100 bucks or so to get a new battery, right? But the battery in an EV car is a completely different thing. Well, it's the whole system. That's how it runs. Yeah, it's the whole system. It's the whole power. So it's like replacing like your whole fuel uh, fuel injector or in, intake. So it's a whole mission, very expensive. So maybe we'll be able to get some really cheap Teslas soon once everybody's <laughs> batteries need replacing. Yeah. Um, well, I, do, I have seen um, a, lot of, a lot more electric utes coming in. Mm. And I think that's primarily for the farmers anyway. Um, not to say that... Um, you know, if you, if you like your utes, go ahead and buy it. Uh, but it says on this article from One News um, that the government has already invested around 500 million into road maintenance. And clearly it needs to be more. They need to put some more money into the pocket uh, of, of, you know, road maintenance and road care. Because I, I think it is generally a thing that happens around winter is that more potholes do start to occur with the wet weather. Um, rain surprisingly eats away at roads. Takes well, it off who the gravel. Knew? Who knew that water can erode things? <laughs> I guess Mother Earth would, would, would know that, right? Um, but yeah, so it looks like they just need to start focusing more during the winter times to actually put more money into that sector and then you know possibly start to put less into it come summer. But yeah, nowadays, just be more careful on the roads, uh, more potholes coming your way. Um, or you may have already hit one and you know are currently trying to <laughs> swear at a pothole. <laughs> There's actually a really interesting, this is a quirky bit of news um, from stuff.co.nz. Mm. Great question, Keelan. If you have a heat pump, have you ever vacuumed it? I can say I've never had to vacuum. Oh, I, I have never vacuumed my heat pump in my life. Same. I've never even thought about vacuuming a heat pump. I, I didn't even think that it would get think, blocked. I didn't even one think of it those was an right? Like, honestly, sticking your vacuum cleaner up to your heat pump Kind of, it kind of seems like you know one of those things that a crazy person does. You know, you see them standing up and say, "What the heck is he vacuuming?" And it sucks away at your heat pump. Um, yeah, I again never thought about it, but apparently that's something you should check, right? Yeah, it's logically speaking. Yeah, if we're speaking logically, it does get blocked with mm. dust and everything else that comes around. So um, this is this is more to um, sort of encourage people into saving more power. Mm. You know, winter is probably the highest uh, power usage uh, out of the year. That's the season. That we use a lot of heat. Yeah, and it's mainly for the efficiency side of things, right? It's like why you empty your dryer. Right, you get all the lint out, you get all the, the crud that comes out from your clothes just so that it can pump hot air through it more cleanly. Uh, another question they have here actually is, have you checked whether your power company has off-peak pricing? Now that's great because uh, there are companies out there that would say, you know, off-peak for an hour, your, your power is free. Go for it. It wants to come, I know it does. He's about to sneeze everyone. No, it's gone. Uh, that's gone. Anyway, we'll keep that in just for fun. Um, <laughs> So yeah, some power companies are, are saying if, you know, off-peak for one hour, mm. your power's free. And some, some of my friends have done that where, you know, they, that's when they start heating their homes before they get home. Yep. Or that's, you know, if they are home, that's when they start using their washing and drying. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it's just a matter of 
I guess, making an adjustment to your lifestyle, right, to accommodate those, right? So I knew some power um, back home, you know, for quite a while, we used to have the same with our Wi-Fi. Is that between like 12 and 5 a.m. when nobody was really using it, they'd have unlimited free usage of the of our internet, even though it was like a li- limited set amount of gigs. So yeah, so, um, and, and that's exactly, you know, your friends, for example, have made a really smart decision. It's going, great, we know we're going to use the most power this time. So let's just change ourselves to make that work. And I think do some companies even let you pick what time you want your free power hour. Yep. Um, now, it really depends on what what else they do to offset that, right? Because there's, there's nothing's for free. So, you know, the thing to consider is that they may charge you uh, a higher fixed, right? Because there's a fixed rate to your electricity and then there's a variable rate. So one thing to check might be is, realistically, how much do I actually spend during this time? How much do I actually spend? And then have a quick look. Another one which I thought I was was actually getting a deal on is if I've bundled my power and internet, I thought I was actually getting a deal, but maybe I'll have to go home and have a look tonight. Uh, So bundling, you know, power companies tend to bundle internet and bundle power together. Um, The last two providers I've been at, they do that. They just do your deal. Really simple, all under one roof, all gets taken care of. Cool, right? Um, But apparently... Uh, beware of bundling. On the surface, it looks like you're getting free things by combining internet and power providers. But if you take the time to do the maths, you'll often find there's a cheaper way of doing it, which, yeah, I, I didn't actually think about that. I actually thought I was saving about $40 a month by bundling my internet. But um, maybe I'll have to have a look tonight and see if I've actually, <laughs> if I've actually been shooting myself on the foot the whole time. <laughs> so yeah, really that point there is that just because they can offer you to bundle it, and it may be simpler, it may not actually be the cheapest. Because I know, for example, I do get charged a higher base rate on my electricity to offset the internet, but I generally did think I was saving myself on the internet part. Yeah. So I might have to nosy and see if I can actually save some more money <laughs> by splitting yeah. them. The fourth question they have here is, have you mastered the timer on your heat pump mm. or heater? So it can get away with you if you don't figure out how to actually like automatically turn it on or off you may leave it on by by accident. And I have done that. Well, you, you're, you're the reason all these power bills so <laughs> yeah, high. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, it's all I you. I turned it on one night because we were really hot. I yeah. mean, so I really turned it cold. on one night because we were really cold and then just forgot I about thought, it. I thought it was an automatic turn off, but nope, we woke up, it was still on. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, very quickly didn't want to check my power bill. <laughs> yeah, you're like, mm, no, I've not, seen the damage. No, I don't want to see it. I, I, I have myself, I have actually mastered that. I will stick my hand up and say that I have done that one. I have mastered the off timer on mine. I always set it for like an hour or something like that to pump out heat and then it'll turn itself off. Well, it's really tricky because sometimes they don't have like a digital um, so, interface so. and it just, all it does is, beep at you like is that does that mean it's done or what is um, it set <laughs> mine beats at me all the time you just go beep and i'm like uh what, what what do you want now what's what's wrong <laughs> vacuum me that's what he's saying you need to yeah, vacuum. Saying vacuum me yeah. um, and i guess the next point there is is uh which is i mean it's a little more personal i take this to heart is have you got a beer fridge in the garage um, which I mean makes sense, right? Running two fridges is going to be very expensive, yeah. especially um, you know because on a they they run fridges will run the exact same cost the whole way through. But if they get super warm, they're going to drain a lot more power to to cool things down. Um, and so maybe you know maybe you should consider getting rid of the the beer fridge and just looking at 
putting everything into the one fridge. I mean, I never keep a fully stocked fridge anyway, so I've never personally needed a beer fridge. Yeah. Also check the size of your fridge because if you are just alone or you and your partner and somehow you have like an 800 liter fridge, doesn't make sense. To fill up the whole fridge, yeah. just beer, yeah, that takes a lot. That's a lot of time, a lot of carting. Um, but yeah, so for some people, it's really standard, right? They're like, oh, yeah, cool, we've got a garage fridge as well to hold things that we don't generally use. So, you know, meats, beer, any other drinks and stuff, they'll just keep them out in those fridges and then go and get them when they need. So same with freezers, same with Same with freezers. Everyone's got a chest freezer of extra, you know, meats and freezer stuff that they need. Right, so maybe it's something you might need to consider is that getting rid of that extra fridge um, may actually end up saving you more money than it's worth. I think it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily stop at fridges. It's if you have any extra electronics that are constantly on. Yeah. Um, I know f- for me, for example, my PlayStation Four has this mode called uh, rest mode. Yeah. It looks like it's actually saving you power, but no, it's essentially it is still on, so it is still drawing power somewhere. So turn it all off. Yep, turn it off. Don't use if you if you want to use it, turn it on. If you don't want to use it, turn it off. And I think it's one of those things like, for example, when you go away on holiday, switch things off at the power. At the switch, yeah. Yeah, at the switch. Don't just leave them on because they could actually still be using power. Um, and this one here is probably like more of a don't waste what you don't use. Um, is do you boil the whole jug when making a cuppa for one? You know, do you boil a full pot when there's just one of you? And and I think it comes back to the fact that because there's more water, it needs to use more electricity. Um, and because the way that kettles work, the, especially the electric ones, is that they use a resistor. And because as the electricity goes through it, it gets slowed down. And because it gets slowed down, it, it heats up the coils faster. And that's how a fridge works. Uh, sorry, that's how a kettle works. So, you know, if it has to boil more water, it's going to take longer to do it and take more power. Um, so, you know, maybe don't have to use a whole jug just to make one cup. You know, just fill up what you need to use and then have an empty jug. Fill to necessity. Fill to necessity, not to just because you can go the whole way up to like three liters. And the last one here says, have you checked your power bill on Power Switch? Now, Power Switch is an independent service run by Consumer NZ. So it's, it's completely free. It's one good way to check what your power bill is and yep. you know, have a think about what it should be and what you want to achieve as well. Um, yeah, so it looks like it's just essentially like a free comparison service out there. So you can have a look, see what you're costing compared to another company because although you may have been with them for a really long time, they may actually be charging you more than what uh, you actually need to be compared to just going to somewhere else that offers you a discount mm. or a better deal. Yeah, so there's some great tips here. So if you guys do want to have a look, it's on stuff.co.nz. And the title is, have you vacuumed your heat pump yet? Seven questions to check your saving your power. But yeah, I think that'll end it for today, Keelan. Yeah, I think that'll bring us to the end. Um, I mean, knowing whether or not you should uh, vacuum your heat pump. Uh, I mean, who doesn't want to know about that? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a great little advice to end on. Yeah. And as I've never considered that to be, I've never considered the idea of sticking my vacuum cleaner up to my heat pump and going, no. oh, yep, this seems like the smart thing to yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. 
um, yeah, so um, I do hope that you guys have enjoyed today's one. Um, we have discussed a little bit of some sneaky properties out there that you you know could actually end up owning if you've got a nice big deep pocket. Give me a call if you do. Um, you know, for those out there who are still sitting on the fence, you know, at the moment there are lots of places, lots of agents that are pushing to drop their prices quite fast. If it makes it past that four week line, makes it past the golden the golden window. So, you know, look out for those properties. You might be able to push for a nicer deal if you are really interested. Um, and for those out there who like to drive, drive really often, just be careful. There seems to be a lot more potholes coming your way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and coming back to the very beginning, uh, Marvel, if you are listening, we are wanting to trademark Houseman. 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 Superpowers, selling houses. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Give us a call. Yeah. Uh, we'll sort out a deal. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that'll do it. So, Keelan, you had your second year anniversary with your partner this last weekend. Well, yes. Did you guys, did you enjoy it? Oh, yeah, we had a great time. We ended up heading out to uh, Waiheke, Waiheke nice. Island, just off the east coast, northern east coast. Yeah, just over that way on our map behind us. Uh, yeah, and had spent the day out in winery tours. It was brilliant. It was a great time. Correct. I loved it. For, for, for what I paid, you know, getting to try 16 different wines, um, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> um, we're with another lovely couple out there as well. And they, um, yeah, they got, uh, ooh, they got them quite, quite drunk themselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's always fun to see. Uh, it was great. Yeah. But anyway, congrats on you guys being two years together. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for letting, thank you for us making yeah. it this far. Let's hope we can keep it going for another Well, she day. obviously hasn't heard this podcast. Otherwise, well, you guys wouldn't be together. Uh, I, would, <laughs> I would, we would not be together if she heard this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so Maddie, if you do hear us out there, if you do hear this, um, you know, this isn't me. This is somebody else. <laughs> no, no, this is him. No. This is him. You chose to be with him. But it's been great. Yeah. Oh, good two years. It's been a great two years, mm. I yeah. will admit. Best yeah. two years ever. Oh, okay. <laughs> Minus <laughs> COVID. That's a great, that's a great <laughs> Minus COVID. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Anyway, so thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank in. you um, very much for listening. Yeah. If you have any comments or any questions, hit us up on keeping your house warm at finax.co.nz. That is F-I-N-A-X.co.nz. I'll put the link in the description. Otherwise, have a good rest of the week. Have a good week, guys. Try and save up on power. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. See ya.